You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hello, Surf Up friends. Julie here. I am so excited to let you know that today is our 100th episode. You heard me right. 100. One, zero, zero episode that Bridget and I have recorded week after week. And we can't be any more proud of all of our guests that have shared their inspirational stories with us and just really connected with our incredible industry have created change for so many. Bridget and I reminisce as best as we can with the very limited memory that we have of some of our guests that have really resonated with us. All of them, of course, have been so special. And we really want to take this moment to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and supporting us. Because without you, without you clicking and tuning in and listening to the episode from all over the world, we appreciate all of you so much. We really hope that you enjoy our 100th episode, and it happens to be Women's Equality Day, but we also recognize that it should be Equality Day for everybody, for every human, regardless of what you look like, what your abilities are, and what your gender is, or who you identify as. Because in the end, we're all human, and we all deserve to be equal and treated equal and have the system there to support us as equals. Quick stats. We've had over 30,000 plays, thanks to all of you. We've grown our audience over 10% month to month organically. Our demographics, 39% female, 42% male, and 18% anonymous. Here's what really excites me. Countries that are listening. So shout out to Argentina, Australia, Austria, Belgium, Bermuda, Canada, Denmark, Finland, I love Finland, France, Germany, India, Ireland, Japan, Mexico, Netherlands, New Zealand, Serbia, Singapore, Spain, Switzerland, Taiwan, the UK, and the good old USA. We have to get South Korea on there. In any case, I appreciate you guys listening. Grab your favorite wine or cocktail, sit back, relax, and get inspired. Hey, Julie, can you believe that we are on served up today together celebrating our hundredth episode, girl? Oh my God. I cannot believe it. If this is 100, one zero zero and on such a special day, it is women's equality day to boot to boot. 
I mean, of course, the 100th episode is recorded on Women's Equality Day. Absolutely. I mean, my goodness. I don't even know, like, really, I haven't even had a chance to digest, like, what does that mean? You know, like, what does that mean to me? What does Women's Equality Day mean to you? Oh, it means a lot to me. You know, when I look back through my ancestors, even just my immediate family, my aunts, my great aunts, my mother, my daughter, how far that we have come through history and just, you know, how much further that we have to go, but to take pause and to celebrate being feminine, being a woman, being, um, you know, part of something that is so huge, knowing what a woman's worth truly is being a woman. I think it's beautiful and it's important. It is. I mean, I think it's ironic that, you know, it's a day to celebrate women's equality, but then again, our equality is being tested once again and challenged, right? I mean, it's a happy day, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to stay happy. Um, but we have to recognize, you know, where we are today and and all the work that still needs to be done. You know, I was talking with Keen this morning, and I'm like, it's really about us as male, female, whatever, as human beings, contributing equally to whatever we're trying to achieve, right? And using our own individual superpowers to achieve that. So whether it's feminine attributes, whether it's masculine, whatever it is, I feel like we all have gifts and it's not about, you know, in in one situation, one could be more dominant than the other or stronger at this skill or stronger at that skill. And it's really about how do we just maximize all of that? And we all share that equal value of what we contribute. Right. Well, I think that that's like the ultimate goal, right? So maybe we don't have to celebrate everything so individually and recognize, but that we can appreciate it just so naturally that we don't always have to call it out. And equal does not even exist, right? Like when we we talk about work-life balance, everybody's like, that doesn't exist. Because some days you might get more to work and not so much your life. And then you've got to, you know, and then you've got to go back and be like, okay, now I need to spend more time with my family and give them my undivided, you know, but life is life. And there's going to be certain times where we're doing better. We're not doing as much and we have to balance it out. And I kind of feel like that is, is people, we all have a lot to offer. And then we also have some things that we just lack a little bit and it's so individual, um, but yet recognizing that we're not there yet. Right. I mean, that's, kind of future state of where we should be as humans in a civilized place is to recognize that. But I think the reason we have to have these days is because it's not perceived that way. And based on your gender or where you're from or your social class or your age or this or that or that, you're you're not considered equal. I have the same rights and privileges as where we start running into issues. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the great things about our little podcast here is that we have interviewed folks from every walk of life and from literally around the world that have shared their stories. And so many of them have been around diversity, around equity, around inclusion, and just so much more all the way back to like our first episode, Julie, 
I mean, the things that I know that I have personally learned and have been inspired by and challenged by as well, you know, as we're having this conversation on an important day for, for so many of us that identify as female, when you look back, even like at our first guest, Jessica Pettit, Jessica Pettit, you know, forget her, can't forget her, you know, just, and we thoughtfully, you thoughtfully suggested Jessica as our first guest. Yeah, hundred percent because she's a social justice warrior in every way. You know, she's a bold speaker using one of your favorite words, one of your superpowers, right? Being very bold and how she does her TED Talks all around diversity, equity, and inclusion. She does so much for the LGBTQ community to support in many ways. And she has this fabulous book, you know, Good Enough Now, that just gives you those tools that you really um, may not even realize that you don't have, right? That makes you look inside mm-hmm. to, be, to be a better human and to treat others the way that they want to be treated. For sure. I mean, Jessica was such an eye-opener. And I feel like with so many of our guests, I have learned so much and I've grown. I mean, talk about it like a personal development plan, right? I mean, I've learned so much in so many different ways, getting all these different perspectives. And it's been crazy. I even learned how to make a classic Tommy's margarita. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about that girl. Cause I know you love your margaritas. Oh my goodness. What an episode there, you know, with, with Julio and Um, And then just kind of going through their journey of kicking off the TAG Awards, right? The first time with Tony Avogadam, I mean, that was like, we went through that journey with them within our first hundred episodes. Yeah, it's been like just such a ride. You know, what was some, who, like, who are some of your favorite guests? Oh my God, I know. It's like picking your children, I know. Of course, every episode is just amazing, right? I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it because we really get to learn from so many of our guests and, and hear their perspective and, and how they think. And, and I think the fact that we have this very open dialogue is mm-hmm. just so different. I mean, how many times have guests asked us like, what are the questions and what do we need to prepare for? And we're like, no, no questions. Nope, we're literally just having a conversation. I mean, I guess when you ask me that, my first thought that comes to mind, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's quite sad, but I also feel like I want to celebrate is we did have a guest that's no longer with us today. Yeah. Yeah. um, Which was Byron Marlowe. And he was um, the professor, a distinguished professor for hospitality business management at Washington State University. And He reached out to us because Southern Blazers um, has been sponsoring WSU for their hospitality unit for students and giving them scholarships. And he saw our podcast through LinkedIn and he was like, this is incredible because we have granted many scholarships throughout the years to diverse international students he actually reached out wanting to get one of his students to come onto the podcast. And we were like, no, we want to hear. Well, yes, but we want to hear from you. And I, I feel like that episode was special. I knew it was special at the time. Byron has um, 
become a friend. We've connected often, you know, he shared a lot of what he's doing. And, you know, we did get the shocking news at the end of the year, last year that he passed away. I think we found out in the beginning of this year. So I think just paying my respects to Byron, to all his colleagues, to his family, I feel like is is important as we reminisce. Yeah, no, I agree. And that was a really special episode. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot either, girlfriend, you know, asking you what your favorite episode. Please don't ask me that because I won't answer. <laughs> I won't answer it. I feel like so many of the guests have become my friends. So I don't need to and get a lot of them, yeah, crosshairs them, with that. A lot of them were your friends and they still are your dear friends and family. And, and same with me. And I just think that, you know, we've had just so many different perspectives. I guess I'd like to ask our listeners, who was your favorite? Yeah, I would love to know that. Listeners, please drop us a line. We'd love to know which which episodes are your favorites. I can tell you like one of the episodes that I thought was super fun was when we were interviewing um, Lincoln Chinnery and surprised him by having David Wondrich, (laughs) who is his idol, and Lincoln, and I can say this because he told us this, that he is a David Wondrich fanboy. And so we had David chime in to the interview without Lincoln knowing. And I thought that that was just so much damn fun. Oh, my God. And remember when we were so stressed on the logistics because God. David had to chime in at a certain time and then we put them on the video and it just worked out magically. And I just loved that we were able to do that and and connect those two as as writers and creative thinkers in the industry. And and I absolutely loved that episode as well. Yeah, that was just, I mean, so much fun. And then having Miss Frankie Marshall on and she sang, I thought that was so endearing and so wonderful. You know, she taught us all about cognac and her love for everything that's over in France, basically. But when that girl sang, oh my God, God. what a moment. I'm like, how exciting is this that we have a guest that feels so comfortable in this space that she just wants to sing about it. Incredible. I know. That was just like, that was a moment. I think she's the only guest that sang. Yeah. I think podcast. so too. Oh, I'd love her. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you thank so you, Frankie. much for Can sharing you shout your out, girl? beautiful voice with us. There's another one. I mean, having, you know, two icons like Dale DeGroff and Tony Abaganum on one episode. Like, oh my God. Talk about stressful. I mean, these are both of my pals, but they are icons. They're giants. <laughs> They're literally giants, right? In the beverage industry. And I was just a ball of stress, you know, like, how are we going to manage this? And then I felt like you or I, like, we didn't even need to be on. Just no, let them it, was, go. <laughs> it was so natural. It was so great. And, and just them reminiscing, sharing, you know, their experience was just wonderful. I loved that episode. It definitely made me, you know, I was a bit starstruck for sure on that one. Oh my God. I was absolutely too. There are just, you know, it's because of the both of them that mixology, that we have mixology, period. Amen. So what a treat, you know, to have them on. Yeah. I mean, talk about trailblazers of like really bringing that mixology profession to the U.S. 
and and really stepping it up from all the flavored syrups, Kool-Aid flavored syrups to fresh fruit, quality ingredients. And you were a part of that. And and from there, you know, it was also great to hear somebody that you've mentored throughout the years has become such an impactful leader, icon, present day icon in the industry with Josh Davis. And oh yeah, that I, was a very special I one. Listen back to that episode and hearing him, the two of you were like in this element together. And I think I teared up hearing him talk about you know, some of the times that were a little bit challenging back in the day and, and him expressing the influence you've had on him was just incredible. That was definitely a moment. Well, that was a lot of fun. I can tell you just reconnecting with him and just how very proud I am, even as I sit here today of everything that he has accomplished and just being able to sit on the sidelines truly and cheer him on, you know, as he goes through his journey, it's been wonderful. But I want to tell you something, one of my favorite episodes, it was one that you did with Dia Sims. Can we just talk about that really quickly? Because I couldn't be on that one. And I was so jealous. I had that FOMO. FOMO's real. And if you don't know what FOMO is, Google it, because I'm definitely think that you have felt it from time to time. But can you just talk a bit about that episode? Because it was awesome. And so inspiring. Inspiring. Oh my gosh. You know, I think what Served Up has taught me because as women, right, we're talking about Equality Day as whatever we are, whether we're daughters, this, you know, we could describe ourselves a hundred different ways. We're always trying to like be on my best game, say the right things, put my best foot forward, perform, blah, 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 blah. And what Served Up has really taught me is just like, look, you are who you are. Just be yourself. You know, like you can script it, you can do this. It's not going to, you are who you are. And with Dia, that was one of those moments where, holy crap, I'm interviewing this, you know, this powerhouse businesswoman that works for P. Diddy. She's leading. She was leading like a huge tequila company and just doing just these amazing things in the beverage industry. But her journey with P. Diddy was one that, not every human being could absolutely do because it was just on her own spirit and, you know, the trust within herself that she got shit done. Now, she is incredible. And just her experience working with the military, we had such a great conversation and she was so down to earth. And that was one where I just felt like it moved so fast that by the time that the episode was over, I was like, what happened? You know. <laughs> it was awesome. I remember our friend Yannick Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was another one that like ugh, it really changed me a little bit with all of the work that he does for those that have disability, you know, through wine on wheels and wheeling forward. You know, when he talked about when you walk into a restaurant, how things are not accessible to those who have disabilities. And I have actually still to this day um, experienced a lot of that with my mom. He uses a walker who cannot get around the tables, cannot get around the chairs. And I know that I shared a bit of that on the episode. But now when I walk into a restaurant or a bar, I definitely have a fresh set of eyes on the space more than I have ever had in the past. And it, it is thanks thanks to Yannick, you're just being very hyper aware of how life is seen very differently 
for those that have disabilities and how, you know, he's really trying to build a better world for them. It's a, he's an amazing human. I feel so privileged to have been able to spend that time with him. Yeah. I mean, what an inspiration, right? And I think that that's what we try to do with our guests is we, we want to invite these people that have these different unique experiences that don't represent the masses, but yet are so impactful. And the fact that he was completely able one day, head sommelier, like doing really well, loving the industry. And then by the next day after his accident, he can no longer walk. Right. As a young man in the prime time of his life, born and raised in New York City, like doing all this stuff. And then what did he want to do as soon as he recovered, you know, went through the recovery process, couldn't walk anymore, stuck in a wheelchair for his life. And it's like he wanted to get back in the industry. Like, why not? You know, why does he have to go to a desk job? And he refused to. And he made it happen and opened the first restaurant in the country that is fully accessible, right? With Contento and I'm so proud of him, but what an inspiration. Such an inspiration. And I think that that is, you know, just one of the many things that Served Up gives to our listeners. It's a lot of the episodes are so inspiring, but it's also a vehicle to learn. You know, I think one of the big learning moments I can tell you that I had was when we interviewed Chalky Tom. And she was such an outstanding guest, you know, with her advocacy for indigenous people, all the work that she does, you know, just really so real and powerful and was very open speaking about her family's experience and her experience in the beverage industry. And the fact that we did homework, the first guest to truly to give us homework before we interviewed them. I have mad respect for her and learned so much in that discussion. You know, some of these guests, right? I mean, they are just, they have their head down doing all the good work and and really using the industry as a platform to do good work. And I, I think that that's so important and it's such an untapped opportunity because beverage alcohol represents pop culture, right? It represents today. It represents community. It represents hospitality. And what better platform to bring people together and share experience and and Chalky just being the advocate for the Indigenous people of America and sharing that awareness. And I think whatever we can do to continue helping her and people like her that are doing the good stuff and, and sharing their word, I feel like that's really ultimately what our goal at Served Up is. You know, a hundred episodes later, it's going to be another hundred of doing the same thing because there's more stories that are out there to share than there are episodes to record. Oh, yeah, there. I mean, there's there's more stories and we have time in our day to do for sure. And I know we were talking, you know, before the show started, and I had mentioned to you that, I mean, served up each and every week when I get a chance to speak to a stranger or even, you know, to a friend on a show, it is the highlight of my week. It is a highlight of my day. It's always an opportunity to learn, to, to celebrate, you know, somebody who is different than myself. And then to get to pass the mic, to have the privilege to pass the mic in a space where they're able to very comfortably get their messaging out. Mm-hmm. is a 
astounding to me that I get to be part of that with you. It's just a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful. And I can't believe, girl, that we've done a hundred of these. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally reminiscing of the time. So let's, let's rewind because I think a lot of our friends and colleagues kind of know why and how Surf Duck came together. And I know we've done different talks and articles where we shared a little bit about that. But I think there might be a lot of listeners that don't really know. So let's talk about that. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the industry being shut down. Um, When was that? 2020. Was it March? I don't know, man. It was like right before the big shutdown, before everything was locked down. And um, we were just really trying to find a way to reach out to the trade, you know, to the beverage trade, to our friends and give them a lifeline. Well, we were so excited to work together, right? Mm -hmm. I had just moved into a new role where I was VP of on-premise for Mm -hmm. Beam Centauri, managing the Beam Centauri portfolio. And you're senior director of education, but also planning this new strategy of trade advocacy, right? And we were both so excited to like partner up and we had plans. We're going to go here. We're going to go meet with this customer. We're going to go to this state. We're going to just be out there in front of our customers. And then everything shut down. Oh my God. I remember. And we didn't know where a lot of our customers were, especially you, because you were so connected with the trade. You know, while I've been in like corporate America for the last few years and working behind the scenes, you've been actively out there. And what was one of the first things we did? We were volunteering for USBG because there were so many people that never got called back into work and couldn't pay their bills. Yeah, that was some tough stuff. Like we were volunteering for the USBG's, you know, relief fund. I remember doing a lot of that. And at the same time, you know, we were really trying to figure out the way, the ways that we could partner together to, again, you know, to be a a lifeline and to get information out um, to our friends in the beverage communities as, as a whole. And the idea of, of a podcast, you know, came up, but do you remember like what our original topics were? (laughs) It's really funny folks. I think I have a copy of it. So, you know, for all of our listeners that, I mean, especially if you've been listening for a while, you probably figured out like Bridget is like the creative one and, and she's definitely the heart and soul of Served Up. And I think my biggest role, how we all add value in different ways is, you know, handling all the logistics and the, you know, getting the buy-in from our leadership and and making sure that we get the sign-offs because that's very important, obviously. I remember we reached out to Mark Chaplin, who's our um, SVP of sales and marketing now, and I'm working in his department. Hello, Mark, if you're listening. And he was our first champion. We were like, hey, we've got this great idea. You were the one that wanted a podcast, right? You were like, nobody's going to be on Zoom if we stay at like... People are going to go back to work. We planned that restaurants would be open in a month. Like this was, what can we do to help you as you open, right? So what were the topics that we thought about first? The first topics that we were thinking about was sanitation. Really, you know, how to clean your bar top properly. How to sterilize. Disinfection and sanitization. (laughs) 
some just some really like edgy topics. But again, you know, we were hoping to be like a resource because we didn't know what we know now. We certainly didn't think we were going to be on lockdown for as long as we were. Yeah. And, and I think what happened then was, you know, we had some really exciting topics and, you know, it's Bridget and I, we were going to make it super fun. And we already had a lineup of people that we were going to call and it would have included chefs and, and all kinds of, you know, other parts of the business as well. But I think all of a sudden we went from a COVID disaster and shutdown to an uprising and something that major issues that were pent up for so long. And, you know, there's a lot of different theories around. It's like everybody's finally at home. So everybody's watching, everybody cared. When George Floyd was literally killed on national television, it was something I've never experienced in my life. And I don't know if it's ever occurred. You know, I mean, I know that there's been many significant moments throughout history on civil rights movements and, and and major things that happened, right? When we think of Rosa Parks, the George Floyd is like one of those moments going down in history. And I think it was the first time that our industry voiced their opinions, their perspective, and their stance from an individual level all the way up to ownership from some of the largest companies, including Southern Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. It was a time to stand. It still is a time to stand. It definitely opened the door and exposed a lot of the toxicity that exists, um, not only in our communities, but in our industry as well. And a lot of people rose up and shouted and screamed for change. And it, you know, I do feel like it, it all did stem from, you know, George Floyd's death. And, and I'll never forget like that time. I will never, ever forget it. We were already going through like the trauma of COVID and then the social uprising, but it needed to happen. The social unrest was long coming and it did open the door for conversations that are needed and are still needed today. Yeah. And I think that we all, myself included, just started to accept some of these social norms that we all recognize are wrong. But we also recognize that we justified it, right? Like, well, they're good people. It's not so bad or this and this. And I think it, it really gave us the opportunity to say, no, it's not right. And it's not acceptable. We're not going to accept it. And it's just a moment in time that I'm very proud of. And I think that that was the moment that we realized no, we're not talking about sanitation and disinfection. We're going to talk about what truly impacts our industry, which is the people and the talent Mm -hmm. and the diverse talent and the people that really make things happen and highlight all the different people that are making space within the industry to be more inclusive and and pass them the mic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, and it definitely went beyond, it continues to go beyond, you know, let's say just, you know, people of color or just women. It's, it's everyone and everyone has a story. Served Up has really given a a safe space for those to tell a story, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it represents the diversity of this massive industry that we're in. 
right? I mean, we've had so many different professions, people, genders, you know, just everything. And just to hear their story, human to human, it's, um, it's not only a learning experience, but it's a life experience. And, you know, when we have people that have paved the way, like we mentioned Josh Davis with with Brown and Balance, right? And, and him creating this lifestyle brand, this community of recognizing Black bartenders, you know, and he's got the t-shirts, normalize Black bartenders. We should have to normalize Black, you know, when we look in the history books, some of the best, most incredible bartenders that created some of the best classic cocktails that we use today were Black bartenders. So it's not about not normalized, but it's more, it's like accepting, right? That that talent comes from everywhere. And then Samara Davis with Black Bourbon Society. And has she like, oh my God, can we get an autograph? Can we get her back on? Because she <laughs> right? is like killing it right now. And I am just so proud. And she always was, even when she was on the episode. At that time, she was already international. Visitors everywhere, but she's doing such big things and working with these big brands that can really impact change. And I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate what Beam Centauri does with, you know, or, or Maker Smart or Jim Beam and, and some of these big brands that really invest in, in driving change by investing in people like Samara. I agree. I mean, just the people, the change makers, let's call them as much as cringeworthy sometimes that term can be, but we've definitely had some change makers on two of them that are some of my favorites. And I actually had the pleasure of interviewing them with our frequent guest host with the most, Mr. Kyle McHugh. And one of those was Kathy Renna, um, the communications director for the National LGBTQ Task Force. One of the stories that she shared was, you know, she was there with Matthew Shepard's family when he was in the hospital after that horrid, horrid hate crime um, had taken place. And she has been part of uplifting those from the LGBTQ community since then, really doing the work, boots on the ground, sacrificing so much. And her story is a really important one. And then the other one was Kevin Jennings. What an honor, um, my God that Kyle and I had to interview Kevin and Kevin is the CEO of Lamba legal. And, you know, he's been again, boots on the ground, part of the legal team. His story is so inspiring, started off as a school teacher and moved his way up to CEO, really making change to the legal system, really uh, pushing for rights, sustainable rights, for those in the LGBTQ community. So those are two that just are huge standouts to me that I had the pleasure with Kyle McHugh to interview. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think people and I and we've learned, right? Like having all these conversations that what's most important is is actually changing legislation, you know, and 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 changing the system because the system is what holds us back, right? And it's a system that has been in place for a long time, whichever way you want to look at it, whether whether it's the school system that have shared a version of U.S. history and, and not the whole history, or whether it's the political system or 
you know, the corporate system or, or whatever it's, it's laws and have to be put in place to ensure there's equality for everybody. And the people that do that work are just my idols for sure. Do you have anyone like on your wish list to have on as a guest? Here I am interviewing you, my co-host. Chef Jose Andres and our future president, please join us. I would love to have him on. I think what he does for the world and for every time there's a need, he heals with food. And the way that he's able to reach people in in the toughest areas and, and provide all the things that he does is just incredible. I'd love to interview him today. That that happens. I hope he's listening. (laughs) We'd love to have you on. And you, like who's, who's somebody that you would love to have on? You know, it's somebody that we have booked that will be on a show very soon that I'm super excited about. And that's Julie Reiner. And Julie is a restaurant owner out of uh, New York city. She is also a social justice warrior um, is going to be part of a new Netflix series that is dropping in October. We'll learn more about on her episode, but somebody that I look up to have looked up to within my career for well over a decade. You know, she was, um, a judge when I did iron chef America years ago, she was one of my judges and that's where I met her. Oh my God. And I have to say like to come full circle and to get some time with her just outside of our friendship. We don't dive into our professional lives. Right. But just to sit and to chat about how her journey has been, I'm really excited and completely honored to have the opportunity to speak with her. It's happening soon. I cannot wait. Yes. She's on my list. She's number one on my list. That's amazing. And you've already wished come true. So there you go. You know, I think our guests that have come on that have just been so gracious with their time, with their story and and sharing their experiences. It's just, you know, when I, when I kind of go through the different people that we've had on and it just blows me away um, how much they've shared uh, of their personal story with us. Like even Natalie McLean, right? Like I cannot wait for her next episode to come out. I cannot wait. That was such a great episode. And for me, it was such nostalgia to connect with somebody like she was literally red, white and drunk all over was the first wine book that I read before I officially got into the business. And then to be able to interview her and hear her story, but in such a raw, real way and talk about being a woman in this industry as a journalist, as a wine reviewer up against some of these icons that have been around forever that were not as accepting and welcoming. Oh, no. God, if we would have pre-read her new book before the episode, I think that conversation could have gone a lot deeper, a lot quicker, but we will have to have her back on once she releases her book because talk about having a behind the scenes view to how inequality can impact not only a woman, but a human being and their life when all they're trying to do is the same thing we're all trying to do is work, put your best foot forward and pursue a life of happiness and success. 
And to have that constantly challenged and pushed down, it's just unimaginable, which is why I think listening to these podcasts and listening to these stories can have an effect on, on one's life and, and one's perspective. Yeah, I agree. And, and hopes to make change or like I told Natalie after I read, you know, we were so lucky to have the pre-read of her next book, which we will definitely have her on to to speak about. But I sent her a message and I and I told her, you know, just thank you so much for writing this because I could relate, unfortunately, to so much of her written word and said during the time that the times that I could relate in my career. I didn't have the words and using your word bold, I wasn't bold enough to stand up for myself, but I told her I have the words now. I have those words now. Mm-hmm. Her story gives me a lot of encouragement to not to be afraid to stand up for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that she can do it with such class and humor, she is hilarious. Like my review to her about her book was I laughed I screamed with like fear and I cried you know I mean all within a chapter um her words are magical and I think and I don't even know if we can even say what the book is but listen to her episode and when her book gets released we will be screaming it from the rooftops for sure Speaking of which, we did have a comedian on. Do you want to talk about that? That was such a cool episode. With Miss Sarah Halstead. Yes, it was so funny because we always kind of plan out like the episode. I'm like, it's going to be funny. She's going to crack us up because I know we had some very important and serious topics um, coming up on that. But it's, again, served up in so many ways. Now that we're talking through this, like reconnected me like it's like full circle, right? Like from Byron and, and, you know, and I mentioned him earlier, reaching out to Washington State University. Well, my husband, right? That's how we really connected on, a, on another level is that Ross went to Washington State University through the exchange program from Cesar Ritz in Switzerland. And Byron actually leads that exchange program. So that was like a full circle. So we connected on that. Um, and then Natalie McLean being the first book I ever read and then us getting her on the podcast. And so Sarah Halstead, who's a stand-up comedian, she's got a regular show at Hollywood Improv that she does live. And she is just hilarious. I mean, she is somebody that when I first started in the industry 12 years ago, when I first started working at Southern, she was a champagne specialist and she would just walk into a meeting and just boom, 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 boom. And I just was like, this woman is incredible. We would like go drink champagne, go do yoga, laugh, have fun. And she decided to pursue a different career, go back to her acting roots, buy an RV, take her cat and move across the country to LA. And we've reconnected after all these years. And I got to feature her on Served Up, Sarah Halstead. what a what a great episode. So originally it was going to be like, I thought we were going to drop a bunch of one-liners and, and be like a comedic show. But I think for anybody looking for insight on growing in this industry and professional development, like that is such a great episode for that. 
Sure is. I mean, so many 360 moments, you know, when I look at our list of guests, even one of our most recent episodes had the pleasure of chatting with my dear friend, Charles Jolie, who was one of the first uh, beverage pros that I met in the Chicagoland area. You know, even, you know, I talked about our, our guest hosts with the most Kyle McHugh. I adore his episode. You know, we got down to some real topics with him and even had some tears with him. Like it was just absolutely beautiful. And my mentor and dear friend and co-author, Miss Mary Bronco, you know, talk about such a powerful female on such an important day. It was absolutely a joy to spend some time with her. And I really can't wait, Julie, like to see, you know, what we do in the future, like what come, what's going to come, you know, to us as we have built this really cool space, because I feel like we're just getting started. I do too, you know, and it's, I feel like we have a lot to say. There's just so much to talk about. It's almost, there's so many guests, right? Like we can't get through all of them and, and they all deserve their time plus plus because the impact that they make on every listener is incredible. And I, and I do want to take this opportunity to give a shout out to our number one listener who is a childhood friend of mine and Co, shout out to Co out in Anchorage, Alaska, working her butt off, representing the U.S. Postal Services, and somebody that um, I've grown up with at her house, having pho on Sundays and just indulging in her family's Laotian and Thai food my entire childhood growing up. She listens to every single episode. Hey, hey, Co, thank you so much for listening. And I have seen her before on Zoom when she visited you in Miami. So, hey, girl, hey. And we got to get you FaceTime with her because it's like she already knows you. Like we we FaceTime every time we're together. We call Bridget in the middle of the night. But um. (laughs) I do think it's like because of the support of our family and our friends that we are able to dedicate time towards this very special platform. No, for sure. Like my boys have to, I'm like, you need to listen to the episode. They're like, we don't need to listen. We already heard you recording it, you know, but that's okay. But when you have somebody like Co that actually listens and enjoys it, you know, she's just like you said, she puts in her ear pods, she's working and she's listening and it helps her get through the time. Just like when I need to get my walks in or my run in, she gives me feedback on every episode, but I'll never forget Bridget, the day she was visiting. I took a couple of days off work. We had just released our first episode and you sent it to me and said, we're live. And you know, this was one of these uncomfortable things that I had to get past because I've been so used to and programmed to be a certain way to help me in my career and as a professional and, and to be this certain way. And it was you really taught me to just forget all that, just be yourself, just put it out there. And I knew that our first episode was like that first step of me doing it. I mean, for me, like doing the clothes for our first episode and I cringed and she was with me and we were sitting by the pool. So it was a day off. And I was like, oh my God, I have to tell you something that we're doing. And she's like, what? Like, I started a podcast. She's like, what? What do you mean? And I was like, yeah, but, um, it's live now and I cannot listen to it. And she's like, put it on. I was like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't listen to it. I was like, but I'm going to send it to you and you listen to it. So she listened to it on her flight home. I think that was the same day she was leaving. And she texted me and was like, oh my God, 
I love this. I'm so proud of you girls, blah, blah, blah. And ever since then, she's listened to every episode. She is not the person that'll do it just to be nice and supportive. Like, trust me, I've asked her, I've begged her to do many things, go many places. And if she doesn't want to, it's like, nope, too bad. Goodbye. So for, for her to like really appreciate what we're doing and to say that and to actively listen is that's a gift in itself. And I'm sure we have many other listeners like that because we've had how many listens? I don't know. <laughs> so many listens. It's like so thousands good. and thousands. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of thousands, 30,000, many All countries. Of them. People are listening. Who are you? Can you yeah. reach out? Let us know. <laughs> what do you think? Can you write a review? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that it is because of our listeners that we're able to keep this platform going. So thank you, listeners. Yeah, because if you guys weren't listening, it would just be Bridget and I. And when we run our stats, it would say two. Two. (laughs) So we appreciate you uh, tuning in for sure. And we want to make sure that our content and our guests are always fresh and you're hearing something new that maybe you haven't heard before. And we definitely want to keep you curious. Yeah. And I mean, we're doing our best of just like, people are like, well, how do you guys decide who you bring on? And I can tell you representing some of the the most incredible brands, we have gotten requests like, hey, we want to like come on a brand and we want to talk about brand. And, And that was one thing that we really are key on is this is not about promoting brands. This is really about promoting people and their stories. So if you've got a great story and something that's going to inspire others, whether that's through how you were able to thrive or your survival or your advocacy or your expertise, we want to share that. But it's not about the product. It's about the people. And um, we even had a sniper, Aubrey. Can we, can we talk about that episode really quick? <laughs> that was one of my favorites. And that was like a big fat aha, oh my God, moment. Oh my we God. had horse soldier on. We had Kevin. Yeah. So we've had an actual sniper, Aubrey, who was in the military. About, we're about Aubrey, but we've I've actually had Aubrey, a couple military we, folks on. And then we okay. had special forces with yes. the Army Green Beret, with the horse soldiers. But we've had like these incredible, incredible stories of people that have gone through things that you only see on TV, literally and movies. And then you're actually hearing from the real person that's sharing from their heart, which is, I I think that's priceless. Yeah. We have definitely have had a colorful crew of guests from, like I said, every walk of life, really being so open. And you don't, and you don't have, and even if you're not, if you don't, you don't have to be lovely because when we think about openness, remember how we found Carrie Haw? Yes. Yes, And it was right when kind of all the awareness around Asian hate started going on. And and of course, it impacted me so personally. And I remember being on, you know, our served up Instagram is really connected to Bridget's world because she's connected with the trade. So like we're following all these different people and I'm on there looking and, and looking what people are posting. And Carrie was just so open and honest and raw and real in her as an Asian American woman, what she's going through during this time of this Asian hate because of COVID, right? Another reaction from COVID. And I remember reading that being like, 
holy crap. I mean, it was so real and so raw that it made me uncomfortable. And that made me be like, hey, will you be on my podcast? <laughs> and I just loved having her on. And I loved following her career and seeing her. And, and I remember when she was on the podcast, she's like, you know, I'm actually in between work right now because I'm ready for something new and I'm ready for something different. And she's landed an incredible opportunity and she's doing great things. And I just, I love that so much. Like for me, that's so fulfilling to be able to reach so many people, share their stories and then see how they've grown and progressed since we last were able to connect with them. Yeah. It's, it is truly amazing. And I, I remember that episode and a lot of the things that, that she had said, again, such a teaching moment and um, things that will stick with me throughout you know my lifetime. And I think for our listeners will as well, and how we are all treated so very differently a lot of times um, in, in our world because of the way that we look. So her episode is for sure a really important one. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just so many more like that. And and I think we just, I really wanted to celebrate our 100th episode together. Listeners, I know it's just Bridget and I, but we really wanted to take this opportunity to reflect and reminisce. And and I, I just want to say, Bridget, my sister, my COVID sister, even though we were we became sisters before COVID, um, when I met you, I knew. I just knew there was something there and we've stayed connected. And and I'm just so happy that we were able to be on this journey and we're celebrating our 100th episode. And it's only the beginning for Served Up. We are going to do so many great things, starting with New York City Wine and Food Festival. Very yes, soon. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that that is something that we should talk about really quickly is how we are taking served up on the road. So you will be seeing us at wine and food festivals across the country, really expanding our footprint with our guests in some really cool and special ways. So you'll have to stay tuned to learn more about what Julie and I are up to. Yes, yes, yes. And you'll probably hear it on the intro and more after this episode on um, all the details for our first official festival because we've done stuff and we've been at Tag Awards with details of the cocktail and and other things. But this will be kind of the official festival where we will be um, supported by a couple of our brand partners that are going to help us uh, show up at the festival so that we can really get closer to our listeners, to all the change makers that are out there showing up and, and hopefully memorialize as much as we can during that time. So please stay tuned and you will see a lot more of us. And we're just super excited to share that. And I think the one thing that I do want to say is Listeners, if you have any ideas, if you have feedback, if you want us to talk about a certain thing, if you have a special guest, if you want to hear from, please, please reach out to us. We are at Served Up Podcast on your favorite social channels. Um, Mainly, I would say Instagram and LinkedIn. We are there. So please reach out, give us your feedback because this is all for you and for the greater hospitality industry. Perfectly said, Julie, you know, and as we always end, you know how we always end our served up podcast. 
I want to tell you just a couple of things before I wish you adieu. And one of those things is that I am so proud to know you and to be on this journey with you. This has been a joy and continues to be a joy in my life. And I do identify you as my sister. So thank you. You know, I love you to death. And this has just been a whole lot of fun to spend some quality time with you. And so with that said, in a served up way, just want to wish, you know, our listeners a lot of great health and a whole lot of peace. I want to wish you, me, and all of our listeners and all of our guests peace, love, happiness, joy, success, and all the best things that life has to offer. Each and every day, we celebrate with you our 100th episode. And we can't wait for the next hundred. And at this rate, it's only going to be great things. We're super excited for new things to come. Stay tuned. Get involved. Let us know what you want. This is for you. Nobody else. This is for all of us. And we wish you all the best. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, Served Up friends. Julie here. I am thrilled to tell you about the 15th annual Food Network New York City Wine and Food Festival taking place soon, October 13th through the 16th for its 15th year. Food Network personalities and more than 400 chefs, mixologists, and wine and spirit producers will come together to create an unforgettable Epicurean experience comprised of tastings, dinners, parties, brunches, lunches, masterclasses, and more. 100% of the net proceeds from New York City Wine and Food Festival go to God's Love We Deliver. God's Love We Deliver is New York City's leading provider of medically tailored meals and nutrition counseling for individuals living with severe illnesses. To date, New York City Wine and Food Festival has raised more than $14 million for its charitable causes. The festival provides a platform for the charity, which has a presence at events through activations and speaking opportunities that help strengthen existing relationships in the food, beverage, and hospitality industry, and also create new ones from on-site interactions. We are so excited to share that the Served Up crew will also be on the ground, bringing you the behind the scenes action at the festival. We hope you join us to eat, drink, and feed New York City by purchasing tickets on sale now at www.nycwff.org. And don't forget to follow at Served Up Podcast on all your favorite platforms. And if you're a long-term listener, please, leave a review. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers.